0: Look, I don't know whether the highest ranked woman in the Perite government was necessarily taking a swipe at the former Premier. I don't think that's the case. I think she was merely stating a fact that women perhaps didn't feature as highly in the Berejiklian government as perhaps they should have. Deputy Nationals Leader Bronnie Taylor has told News Corp the Liberal Party needs to promote women to leadership positions, noting that for much of Miss Berejiklian's final term, it was, quote, such a shame that it was only one woman and Gladys, unquote. Uh, Miss Taylor, a good friend of the program, of course, also a mental health minister, minister for women, well, she was elected deputy nationals leader last month and will now call on the government to publish gender-based data in a publicly available database and update it monthly. And Bronnie Taylor, I'm happy to say, joins me on the program. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Marcus. Nice to talk to you. Always nice to talk to you. All right. Now, let's just get this out of the way. Well, you, you weren't taking a swipe at Gladys, were you? Look, I'm not, I'm not a swiper,
1: Marcus. Okay. I'm just, I, I'm a truth teller. <laughs> okay. And um, I just, you know, was simply stating the facts. They, you know, wanted to have a chat to me about a lot of things. And that's the truth. And, you know, I think that for me, as a, as a female in politics, it's because of the opportunities that I've had and the fact that I did get, you know, promoted into cabinet two and a half years ago, it allowed me the opportunity to step up and be the first deputy leader of the nationals in 100 years. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity had I not had you know, opportunities before that. And I just think that there's really great women there. I'm very much a person that, you know, we we need good people in the right job, and I know there's really good people there. And Mm. you've got to build that pipeline, right? You've got to build the pipeline.
0: No, absolutely. Um, I love the photograph in the the press this morning of you and your daughters. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. (laughs) Uh, You must be very proud of them.
1: I am so proud of them. I I just love them to bits, Marcus. I I really do, and I'm I'm very grateful. You know that they wanted to do that with me because obviously they're putting themselves out there as well. I have two very different different girls, but um, yeah. they're just they're just lovely, and I love them to bits.
0: All right, Hannah and Holly. Um, we won't say too much more, but it, it's a it's a beautiful photograph. It re, it really is. And look, you obviously want to be a role model to them, uh, to these young women and many other young women around New South Wales. And I guess, in a way, that is why you're making uh, the statements that you're making this morning. And I agree entirely with you. Women um, make up half of our population, I think more, 51%. Uh, of people on this planet are women, uh, 49% of us blokes. Uh, so it makes sense that in public life, in administration, in politics, wherever, in business, that women share equal representation in roles.
1: Look, I think that's right because it reflects the community, right? And, so, and we, know, we know in private companies that when you have a better diversity on your boards, you actually make more money because you make better decisions. And I think as well that, you know, that's... And that's why I think, too, it's really important to have people that have life experience that come into Parliament because I'm 52, Marcus, and, like, I've had my children. They, they're grown up. They're, you know, they're doing these things. But I've got all that wealth of experience from, from raising them and being part of that. And so it makes me more determined to make sure that I've got policies that are going to reflect a better world for them. And any anyone will tell you that. Anyone that you care about, you want to make life better for them. And I think that's why it's important to have people from all different backgrounds, all different diversities. But, you know, we really need women to be having a louder voice. And I, I take the responsibility of being Minister for Women very seriously. I, I wanted it really badly when I first came into Cabinet. Sure. And I don't plan to waste a moment. And, and you've got to, you've got to, you just got to speak the truth.
0: Well, the truth is that you say at the end of the day uh, women need to be given more opportunities in state politics, particularly in, uh, in line with your government, where there was, unfortunately, just one female, one, and Gladys. Following the 2019 election, Ms Berejiklian and local government minister Shelley Hancock were the only Liberal women in cabinet for much of Ms Berejiklian's final term as leader. Sports Minister Natalie Ward was sworn in just months before the end of Ms Berejiklian's tenure, leaving the tally of female Liberal cabinet ministers now sitting at two. I think we can do a lot better. Look, I think we
1: can and, you know, to be fair, the Nats, the Nats did and I'm not, you know, look, it, it's a matter for the Libs but I think, I think the really great thing is, is I think we're having the conversations and I think there's really terrific women there and I, I look forward to seeing more of them around the table.
0: Hmm. I mean, in fairness, uh, Mr Perrottet inherited this current cabinet, and it, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, that things can't change in the future. And you've launched a defence, if you like, of Mr Perrottet's own record on supporting women, praising him for tackling how the pandemic disproportionately hurt female workers, and we know it did.
1: Well, and that, and that again, like I said, that's the truth. Like, he knew that, and he wanted to do something. It's the first time in the women's portfolio we'd had a grant program of up to $10 million. I mean, look, we had a lot of programs out there, to be fair, supporting everybody, but we knew that women had been adversely affected because of the reality of the professions that so many of them are in that were particularly hit during the pandemic. So, you know, look, all I can do is is be the voice that that I am, have the confidence that I do to pursue those things and take it to the top levels. And on this occasion, I was completely supported by someone who sees it as a really important thing so so that's a good thing and and look I think as well you've got to judge people on their actions and um and he's definitely had some you know some some definite actions and, and I look forward to more and as I said I just think that it provides you with that that better balance and you have the better conversations and that's always important isn't it?
0: Well it is um and back to uh the uh, what's written in the uh, press today Your eldest daughter is apparently A, a passionate <laughs> feminist who had Raised concerns about abortion rights Under uh, Dominic Perrottet Wondering and worrying perhaps whether There'd be a reversal but no uh, That's not the way a democracy works
1: No it's not and that was A really important conversation that I had to have With her and yes yeah. my my eldest Daughter is a very proud Feminist and, um, and it's really Funny because my other daughter isn't so I, I said to my husband what's well, like what What did we do like to get these two really opposite sort of? And he said, "I think we've done a good job because we haven't made them anything." They, you know, and so he's right. He is—he is is amazing, my husband. But it's true because they—they both are very different and have very different views. But that Mm -hmm. reproductive rights legislation meant a lot to my eldest daughter, who was um, in the middle of her law degree at the time, and she actually came into Parliament to watch all of the proceedings and see how it went she felt it was very important for her generation to see this and as as, as did a lot of women and so I think people said oh well if you have someone that doesn't believe in something that means they're going to change it and my message to her was like, absolutely not we we all have our values and beliefs and some sort of mine are very different to my colleagues but that's why you debate things in parliament that's, that's right that's why you have and that's why you vote and there's no way that you know he because I think sometimes too, Marcus, in this world that we live in, it can become really polarizing and people are afraid then to talk about what their beliefs are. And it's something I've learned because I came in with a bit of a preconceived idea that well, if someone was against that, then they wouldn't be someone that I'd want to speak to. And it's just so wrong, because you miss out on the richness and the fullness of life. I I think we have to have these debates and we can disagree, and then you test it on the floor of Parliament. And it's it's like when the right-to-die legislation lost. I was devastated, but... At the end of the day, that was, that was what happened. And, you know, with, with the reproductive rights bill, it was overwhelmingly supported. And, yeah. and that's, that will not be changed, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, there's too much support. But isn't it great we live in a country where we can have those conversations?
0: One of the first non-COVID policies under the new regime will be supporting women to work by enhancing spending on childcare. Look, that's one of the uh, the real issues. I don't know if it's also under the federal sphere of responsibility, but that is one of the big issues that I hear from, from women in my life all the time. Uh, childcare, mm. access to it, the cost of it, and whether or not it's worth it or worthwhile financially for young women or mothers in particular to return to the workforce while putting their child into an often very expensive childcare facility.
1: Mm. And look, I, I remember distinctly when I went back to nursing after I'd had my second child, and I, I had for a while thought oh, I wouldn't go back, and I might have lots of children. But Holly, my youngest, changed that idea for me. Very happy with two after Holly, <laughs> but um, she was at, she's fabulous, but she was a bit of a challenge. But I, I remember when I went back to work, and I, I lived on a farm, and I lived out of town, and. You know, I just thought, oh, I, I couldn't sort of find anywhere right away, but mm. I was really lucky, but I paid as much in childcare as I was earning at the time. I wasn't yeah. actually making very much money, but I was keeping my hand in and it meant I could keep my career and I don't think that's right. And I think that that's the, one of the biggest barriers for women and also that, you know, that school day it finishes at at 3 o'clock and so women always have to find, you know, you talk to women and someone said the other day, I had 10 child seats because I had that many different people in my life picking children up from different places and, (laughs) but it's true, right? Like, I bet there's heaps of women listening to this that go, oh my goodness, that's my life.
0: That's true. And I was
1: talking to my sister about it yesterday and her husband and thinking, oh, remember those and when you were five minutes late, you got... Charged, you know $40 per oh, minute yes. and all this so, yep. you know we, we all know it so we've got to get better at that because if we want women's participation to increase mm. we, we need to provide it we need to provide really good quality child care but also we need to take that pressure off them yep. because um, they should have the choice and look if they choose to stay home I 100% support that too so again we, we can't judge women that make different choices but we need to make sure that we have all those opportunities for them so that they can, you know, live their best life and what they yeah. want to do, and therefore we get better outcomes for society in general.
0: Good to talk. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Bronnie. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
1: thanks. Thanks for having me, Mark. Have pleasure. a wonderful
0: day. You too. There she is, the New South Wales Mental Health Minister and Minister for Women, Bronnie Taylor, on the program.